So, are you DTFX? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. And welcome back to DTFF, everybody. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us. Thank you, Jake, for taking care of that. Uh, it would have bothered me all night long to see us on the opposite sides as we normally do. Uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, took a week off last week. We had some scheduling conflicts, uh, but we're back. Back at it. We wouldn't miss two weeks in a row because we know how much you all enjoy hearing our sultry voices so over your podcast feed every single week. But yes, we're back continuing our divisional breakdown series. We've got two divisions left, the NFC South and the NFC North. Of course, we're saving the best for last, the NFC North. So that means by my powers of deduction, we are doing the NFC South this evening. And as you can see, Jake and I running solo, no homers able to join us this week. I guess nobody is really a fan of the NFC South. Is, is anybody? To, yeah. I mean, is there anything come on. really to be excited about? Come on. Why would you be? <laughs> really? Why would you be? Why would any of these teams deserve your fandom in the first place? That's uh, right. I, I think that we can do just fine here sloshing through this division without them. But hopefully we will have some input input from the chat here uh, to keep us moving along. So that way, you know, it's not just the two of us fighting. Right, but it will be great conversation regardless. Mm-hmm. Chock full of great information you can use to get ready for the upcoming redraft season and or dynasty. Yeah, and or both. You know what's going to be great is because I heard you crack that beer open. I, I sure did. Sound. That's the sound of success for us. What are we drinking tonight, Dustin? So this is from Pipeworks Brewing Company, brewed and canned in Chicago, Illinois. So this is Escape from Dream Mountain. And I got it because it's got an awesome winged unicorn on it. I'll see if I can uh, show the can a little bit here. Kinda. It's the unicorn that holds on to all of your hopes and dreams. That's right. And this is a peach and ginger wit beer. A very good light summer beer. Uh, I've actually had a couple of these already. Not this evening, but previously. Ooh. And I really enjoy it. I think it's a very tasty, tasty beer. Uh, I had my first sip of it. I was not expecting all the ginger that I got. I'll be it's honest. very strong. Because it's second in the billing, but it is first on my tongue. Let me tell you that. It was mm-hmm. it was a lot of ginger. So I need to recalibrate here. I, I think I'm going to be okay with it, but I just need to recalibrate my expectations. Yeah. Toronto Dave in the chat here saying he preser- prefers non-winged unicorns. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that take, uh, Dave. Sounds real sketch there, Dave. He also wanted to make sure he was aware that he would be chiming in through the chat. So uh, be careful what we ask for, Dave. No, be careful what you tell us you'll do. Don't right. don't set us up for a letdown here. Be, uh, I know you won't. I know you won't. Never. All right, Jake. Should we get do our drunk trade? Get right on with it this evening? Let's freaking do it, man. All right. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Coming in hot from Reddit. Where else? Let's be honest. A Reddit user, Sancti1, says this. Now, keep the timeline important here. All right. So this was submitted three months ago, but the trade itself went down much longer ago than that. This was from last offseason. So a little trip in the time machine. They say, me and my friend were working on a trade for a while. I wanted the 103 for Jamar Chase. So this is Mm pre-rookie draft. 
he finally sent one that was his 103 and CEH for my Saquon and 201. Dustin, I want to stop there. I don't want to get into any of the rest of this just yet. Okay. First blush at this 103 and CEH, Saquon and 201, assuming you could get Jamar Chase. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I would hit accept on that. I think that's, I don't feel like that's a bad offer. Uh, I mean, you're not going to get the 103 for Saquon straight up. Um, Saquon in the 201 for the 103. I mean, that on its own seems fair enough in, in my estimation, especially knowing that you're going to get Chase out of it. Hoping, throwing, hoping you're going to well, get okay, Chase out hoping, of it. Hoping, I, I mean, hoping. Uh, and then you get CEH on top of it, who I know isn't like a great fantasy asset, but hopefully should be a usable asset, maybe a flex week villain or something. So I don't know. I don't hate it. I think I think it's a fair trade. All right, fair enough. Let's let's give some more context because I know that's needed. One, let's assume Superflex here for the rest of this too. Uh, probably could have used that up at the top there, but this is again we typically do Superflex PPR format. Mm-hmm. So the rest of this goes like this. I smashed because I wanted Chase, even though I was pretty drunk at the time. Every trade calculator said I got fucked, mostly because of the two hundred one that they were inputting there. So, so here's the deal. You, I mean, it doesn't matter what uh, trade calculators say, as long as you feel like it's a good trade. I mean, just because a trade calculator says you got screwed over, that's not true. So, yeah, I Continue. thank you. I don't care what Joe Blow trade calculator says. And if people ever, uh, you know, screenshot the trade mm-hmm. calculator to send to me as a part of a trade negotiation, I immediately ask for more just out of spite. I, whatever <laughs> trade offer we were working on is done. You are now going to have to pay twice as much. Okay, so a little bit more context. Yes, as Dave says in the chat, they did in fact give a lot of words to describe this. So here's what the fallout was. Okay, so this person already had the 101, the 108, the 109, the 201, the 204, and the 205 in rookie picks. That is a hot gaggle of rookie picks mm-hmm. that they had. So that's why they felt comfortable giving up that 201 pick along with Saquon. But they say, I did like Elijah Moore. So assuming that they wanted to get Elijah with one of these picks here, hopefully they did. Uh, now, the other person ended up taking Trey Sermon at 201. So really just dodged a bullet with that draft pick, uh, yep. did the sender here. And they ended up taking Elijah Mitchell at 401. So certainly got the better end of that mm-hmm. deal as well. They did get Elijah Moore at the 205. So all's well that ends well. They say Absolutely. it worked out splendidly for me, despite CEH being MEH, which is meh, doesn't. So whew, that's a lot. Uh, after all is said and done and you get that extra context. I mean, really, it's just braggadocious. Absolutely. <laughs> that's all this one is, which is fine. I think sometimes you have to celebrate your drug trades. Mm-hmm. Um, but put yourself back in the shoes now that you know all these rookie picks that you had. Do you feel even better about what you gave up? Does it not make a difference to you how many picks you have? No, I the fact that you ended up with a one oh I ended up with four first round picks. I mean, Saquon he didn't he was okay last year in the games he played, but he was injured. And I know it's a fluke injury, so you can't really hold that against him, but I don't I, I'm still fine with it. Like I I mean, he still got the players he wanted, it sounds like. So bully on you. Good trade. Bully on you. No, yeah, this is uh, worth bragging about, so I I won't even give you crap about that. The best that we've seen come through these parts in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave thinks that they should have targeted uh, Tunyon as one of the trades. He knows us as Packers homers far too well. 
Although bounce back season for Robert Tunyon, I'm 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 saying it. I've said it a That's lot right. before. I'm saying it again. It's going to happen this year. This is it. But we'll talk about yeah. that next week. Let's see. Yes. We, we right now, uh, according to Daniel in the chat, we should just start talking about the NFC West again. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we should. <laughs> the South Division is terrible. No, I think there's a lot of meat to get into with the uh, the main events, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. So let's just get into it. Um, so we're going to start with the Buccaneers only because they're first on the show sheet when I created this. So... Notable losses for the Bucks this week, this week, this season. Uh, Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, OJ Howard, and apparently Gronk. He says he's retired. Their only notable addition was Russell Gage. And in the draft, they added Rashad White in the third, Cade Otten in the fourth, and Ko Kieft in the sixth. So, Jake, how do you feel about these Bucks? I mean, they got TB12 back for one more hurrah. I know Godwin doesn't come back. Well, he might start the season. He might not. It kind of remains to be seen. How are you feeling about them? Obviously, I think they're the team to beat in this division. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that that uh, arguably goes without saying, because when you look at the rest of the crew here, there's not a lot that they need to do better, certainly, than last year. And there's not much that they can do worse, I think, to have them finish lower than everybody else. From a pure NFL standpoint, yeah, the Bucks team is still going to be really good because you have Brady at the helm. You have Mike Evans. He's lost some weapons there. Mm-hmm. And some of his weapons have gained a, a bit of poundage, it sounds like, over this offseason, looking at you, Leonard Fournette, apparently. Yep. Uh, he's packed on the freshman 20 all over again. But I think he's I will... uh, working at the uh, Eddie Lacy diet. He must be having him as his personal trainer. Oh, Eddie. We can never get away from Eddie Lacy. He's ingrained himself in the, the consciousness of us forever. True but what story. I like about this team from a fantasy perspective is actually the thinning of the herd. I really like... I, I don't like that Chris Godwin is injured and going back to late, but for fantasy, I like what it does for Mike Evans. I like the fact that Antonio Brown is currently out of the mix, supplanted by Russell Gage, who is not Antonio Brown, uh, but should be good as a value. But all of this, to me, leads to Mike Evans being this crazy proficient wide receiver for fantasy this year. I've got on record, he's going to have a career season. In 2022, which is saying a lot. He's had nothing but great seasons so far and a couple of amazing ones thrown in the mix. But I really think this is the year that he is just unstoppable. He's a top three wide receiver for me. So I like what top three, yeah, top three. I think he has just as good of a chance of finishing as the wide receiver one as anybody else. So I'm all in on him. That is spicy. Mm. How how confident are you in this take, Mr. Jake? (laughs) I'm comfortable enough to make a beer bet about it. Yeah. Yeah, we could do, I don't know, you determine the threshold. Like I said, I don't want to make it the wide receiver one. I don't want that little margin for error, but anything beyond that, I'm comfortable with. So you want to say top five, give you a little bit of breathing room? Yeah, we do points per game, same deal, points per game, minimum. What's our minimum always? Seven, ten, I don't know, something like that. Well, I would, I mean. In case he gets injured, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. I would would say let's do ten games. Hmm. That sounds good. Minimum 10 games. I'm comfortable. Yeah. Top five. Easy peasy. Full PPR. Let's lock it in. All right. Put it on the show sheet. Let's do this. Done and done. Oh, I will lock that in there. But yeah, those are my thoughts overall on on the Bucks. It's kind of, uh, for fantasy at least, it's addition by subtraction. So mm-hmm. uh, not, I'm not discounting Chris Godwin returning at all, but I'm just, I think I'm more skeptical than most. 
Yeah, and we've seen that for ACLs, it usually takes players a full season to really trust it and get back up to the full game speed and everything. Well, they come back and play there. They usually, like I said, take that year to really, really return to form. So I don't hate that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, really, the sky's the limit for for him. Um, I actually don't hate that take um, that you have. But um, just to make it a little bit more interesting, uh, you know, let's let's throw one on the books here. Uh, I do think Russell Gage is an interesting option as well, just because we saw him last season when Ridley went out. I know Kyle Pitts was still there, but he did perform really well. And this is a guy that Brady wanted on the team. So the Bucks went out and got him. So I think Russell Gage could be a sneaky play. I don't know what his um, ADP is right now, but I can't imagine it's overly high. Um no, it's pretty low. In fact, I've actually been shocked. Even in uh, best ball formats, he's he's just not going high, and I, I don't get it. So let me get his full rank here. So amongst wide receivers, Russell Gage, we're scrolling, we're scrolling, we're still scrolling. Wide receiver 43. Oh, which is a smash draft at that position. Just like- above Chase Claypool and Traylon Burks. I think he could have easily a wide receiver three season, uh, you know, top oh, yeah. 36. I know people are like, well, that doesn't sound like much top 36, but you need those players on your team. That is a consistent player that you could have in your lineup every week, a good bye week villain. And you know, he's going to have one of those boom weeks here and there, uh, where Evans is double covered or whatever. And he's, you know, game scripted to get those targets. So I, I don't at that. That's just a ridiculous ADP. Yeah, it's insane. I'm having them everywhere. Now, I don't know what your thoughts on value look like for the rest of this team. People are trying to come out and make Cameron Bright uh, a value because Gronk is, as of right now, retired, as you said, and they want Cameron Bright to supplant that role. What are your thoughts on Bright? No. Any interest? No, none whatsoever. I mean, maybe if I was taking a dart throw, I would use him maybe as a bye week villain if I'm trying to stream tight ends this year, play the matchups. But no, I really have no interest in him. Yeah, same. And I don't care about the new uh, Kate Otten either. I don't care about any tight end yeah. on this team. It's not. It's the same. Of Well, Toronto Dave likes Kate Otten above all, I guess. Maybe just above Cameron Bray. But uh, I am just not interested in this immediate replaceability thing with certain positions mm-hmm. that people want. Like, And we'll talk about it later with some running backs. If that running back goes down, people, the guy behind him is going to do the same thing or just a little bit worse. That's not necessarily the case. Coaches don't game plan just for, well, I have to get this position involved. They game plan because Gronk is a fucking beast. It's a mm-hmm. totally different situation there. Exactly. He was one of those generational players that you just, no, you can't just replace him. Um, so I guess with all of our talk here, we're assuming that Brady is going to continue doing what he's done and we're not going to see any sort of decline this year. Or Jake, maybe 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 I'm uh, I'm mistaken and you do see a decline coming. I can't do it again. I won't. I know. Uh, I know. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 8 times in a row, shame on me. I have to stop betting against Tom Brady falling back at all. It's another guaranteed top 10 performance. Plenty of room mm-hmm. for more upside even than that. Yep, absolutely. I agree. I don't, I feel like Brady could play until he decides he doesn't want to and probably never have a decline. But I feel like this year's probably his last year since he's got all that money waiting for him at the broadcasting booth. But yeah, I, I think we're going to see the same thing we've seen out of Brady every single year. 
Oh yeah. That, and and no hesitations there. No hesitation, no surrender. Is that's the right though for for Brady? Yeah. And what what do you honestly think though? I know we joke about it, but like a report comes out about Leonard Fournette, and he's he's packed on some pounds from last year. Which of course he's coming out and saying that it's not as much. He was he was actually playing heavier than he was listed at last year, anyhow. So all of this is just kind of made up numbers. Do you give so, any sort of consideration to this? So I I, I mean I heard the news that he he had gained weight. Did, was there like a specific number or is there pictures that showed he gained weight? Like what's the there was. Okay. Yeah, there is both. I'll get you the exact number, but the <laughs> photos, we, again, joked about Eddie Lacy there. Uh, it was it was Eddie Lacy-ish, let's say. It was definitely Eddie Lacy-ish. I'll try and find the number here, but I'm just curious if you put any huh, weight wink, into uh, any of these kind of reports. Yeah, I. Um, it gives me a little bit of pause. I'm not going to lie. Although it's what mid July here the the 19th yes. as as we are recording here we've got what a couple weeks until training camps really open up and get going so it's like he's got time it's probably water weight he'll shut it off when he starts sweating on the field and it's playing the hot sun exactly like, like i mean it's a it's a slight concern but he's also professional he's done it for what 6 years now he's been in the league 7 years like he knows how to get in shape and you granted you want to see them stay in shape but I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to hold uh, judgment here until training camp actually starts and then make my determination from there. Like if we're seeing in training camp and stuff that he's not playing with the ones because he's out of shape or doesn't pass his, you know, the team physical to be able to start practice in that, then maybe uh, I'll start to worry a little bit. But until then, it's just the dead zone for news. So anything that they can latch on to, it's going to get fired. The official weight that they posted or close to the official weight was looking at about 260 pounds, which would be about a 30 pound uptick from his listed weight last season. Yeah, that, so that's a little bit more than just water weight, but um. yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit of ham weight probably in there, yep. too. Yeah. A little bit of chicken uh, bacon BLT weight. I don't know. Uh, but I I'm still not interested in the rookie. I'm still not interested in Rashad White for this team. I'm just. Maybe it's me putting too much stock into Tom Brady with his requirements for rookies to come in and be studs at uh, pass walking. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm I'm not comfortable really taking him. Even with all this news, like I think I'd rather lean into the Leonard Fournette drop than take the rookie. Yeah, I think White will have a role, but I just it, it probably won't be early on in the season. I feel like White is one of those uh, rookie running backs that you could pick up halfway through the season and then get him, you know, once you see his, his usage start to get that uptick, then pick him up. But until then, yeah, I don't think you can, he's worth drafting right now, especially in redraft. Like, just wait and see. Uh, use your waiver wire, use your fab money to pick him up at, at this point. I dig it. I dig it. Anybody else that you're curious about, I guess, from this team? No, I mean, they're, excuse me, bringing back, you know, a lot of their starters that they had from last year, not only on offense, but defense, which will help the team. And they're playing in a really crappy division, as we're going to uh, discuss further here. Uh, So they should win it outright fairly easily and probably make a somewhat deep push into the playoffs like we've seen the last few years. 
So there you go. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. The script is pre-written. That's what yep. happens with the Bucks and Tom Brady. So just eat it now. Just deal with it now. It'll go down easier later in the season when it becomes an eventuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, got Whoa. all excited from the chat. I'm sorry. You got the devil in you. Yeah. You got to get exercise him out. Cough that devil out. All right. Move on. Let's Let's go to the Falcons here. So they lost Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, Mike Davis, and Calvin Ridley is out for the season due to gambling. They, whatever. I, I won't get into uh, how they hand out suspensions. That's a chat for uh, another episode here. Uh, additions to the team, Marcus Mariota, Damian Williams, and Anthony Fersker. And in the draft, in the first, Drake London. In the third, Desmond Ritter. In the fifth, Tyler Algier. And in the sixth, John Fitzpatrick. Great to have another Fitzpatrick in the league. Yeah, it's not the Fitzpatrick, but I guess it will do for now. So, Jake, for the Falcons, they were a dumpster fire last year. I mean, you you had Corderell Patterson as a bright spot. Um, Nobody saw that coming. And then Kyle Pitts did well, but not quite, I think, what everybody was hoping for. Uh, We all thought he was the uh, second coming and thought he was going to be, you know, tight end two, basically right under Kelsey. And that didn't quite materialize, but had a, had a good rookie season nonetheless. A great rookie season. Okay, Justin, great. One Sorry. of the best of all time in history. He just didn't live up to our stupid expectations. Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, they got rid of Matt Ryan. You know, he went on to the Colts. So they brought in Marcus Mariota, who finally gets a chance to start, presumably. Um, I guess let's start there. Do you see Marcus Mariota starting? And if so, how many games do you think he'll start? Do you think he'll start the whole season? Or do you think they'll let the rookie have a shot just to see what they've got in him before the draft next year? Because it's supposed to be a great quarterback draft next, you know, in the next offseason. So what are your thoughts there, Jake? Spoiler alert, they both play. I think that's exactly what we're looking at. And we're looking at close to a 50-50 split from my perspective. I think it gives them every advantage in the world to start off with Marcus Mariota and just to see what happens, what kind of season is this going to be? Are we going to luck out with some wins here and there and maybe try and scrounge our way to a playoff? And if not, you have an experienced veteran quarterback who can help all of the young guys on the team now build. Kyle Pitts Mm -hmm. included, who had an amazing rookie season, but you don't want him to lose faith and have sort of an Evan Ingram turn of events where start off flaming hot and just kind of the team around him starts to crater, players lose confidence, whatever. Same with the rookie Drake London. Like you want to see this guy who you've invested very highly in. You want to see what he has. And I'm not saying Desmond Ritter can't do good things, but Desmond Ritter is not Marcus Mariota at this standpoint. I actually really like his long-term outlook, especially for fantasy, because uh, I do think that he will be a, uh, be a bit of a dual uh, threat dude. But like, yeah, I think it's stupid not to start Marcus Mariota for at least, you know, the first handful, if not the first half of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um... You know, Ritter is probably going to need some time to get familiar with the offense and uh, the speed of the NFL game. I mean, he went in the third round, not the first round uh, draft capital that we like to see for quarterbacks. So, yeah, but you know, we didn't see any of the quarterbacks go really high except for uh, Pickett. So it's, you know, third round, though. We've seen other third round quarterbacks do well. You know, Russell Wilson uh, yeah. being the highlight there. But... Yeah, I, I do think they give him a chance this season because let's be honest, they're not going to be competing for anything. 
they're just not. I, I just don't. Not. I just don't see it. So at some point they'll they'll give him the nod and let let I mean see what they've gotten him. I think you know the worst thing that happens is what they lose more games and they get oh, a better no. draft pick. Uh, you oh, know no. they get they get one of these stud quarterbacks coming out this next year. So yeah, I I do think both of them start. It'll I'm guessing it'll probably be you know not quite halfway through the season and and Ritter will get the nod. Uh, I just. I, I don't see unless Mariota is really super efficient and doing actually really, really well, then maybe they hold off. But I mean, if they're losing games and they're not super competitive, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to start Ritter just to see what you've got. So then let me throw this out to you. If we're close to being the same about essentially a 50-50 split, right. let's say for the season, close to it. So does one of these quarterbacks actually help the rest of the fantasy assets more than the other? I have I have some borderline thoughts on this, but a very curious like, would you rather have Kyle Pitts with Marcus Mariota or with Desmond Ritter, or do you care? Does it matter to you? I don't care because I honestly don't think either of these quarterbacks are the long term solution for the team. I mean, that they needed a backup quarterback. Why not draft one in the third? You know, granted they have other holes, but it's like okay, take someone that could possibly turn out to be a thing, and we'll give them a chance to play and see what happens. If not, okay, we wasted a third round pick. And then we'll draft a quarterback early next season. I, I don't I'm think it helps. Like, or, I know. I, I don't think it helps or hurts fantasy wise for the for right. Kyle Pitts or Cordell Patterson or whoever else on the team. Uh, I, I I don't think it really matters. I think there's only one guy that I want Mario to starting for, and it's Kyle Pitts. I just I want that for him. I. Both of the quarterbacks do actually have, I think, an underrated rushing aspect to them. Like Marcus Mariota is no slouch in that department, uh, especially as he gets into the red zone. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall that he can do anything in the red zone. Do you remember that game where Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown to himself where it bounced <laughs> off of a dude? He caught it and just took it in himself. He can do anything in the red zone. But historically, Marcus Mariota and tight ends have gone together very well. Delaney Walker had some of his best years in his career with Marcus Mariota at a later stage, thanks in part to, I don't think it was the scheme because the scheme was basically the same before Mariota got there. Once Mariota was in Tennessee, good things happened for Delaney Walker. I guess the counter argument is that Kyle Pitts isn't really a tight end, so maybe that doesn't mean anything here, but I would much rather have Mariota just for Pitts. Okay. And then speaking of Kyle Pitts, I know you said he had one of the greatest rookie tight end seasons ever do you see him actually like with a true breakout this year i know the big the big knock against him and and that really held him back from being catapulted into that elite tier was his lack of touchdowns he only had one touchdown all season obviously we're in line for some positive regression there is this a year it happens i mean does do we see this year two breakout where he is like tight end number two underneath kelsey or or your expectations tempered a little bit. I can't get him to tight end two. I can't get him to what we would call a breakout from la- like he broke out last season in my eyes. To break out more, I don't think is realistic. Even assuming that he gets more than one touchdown, which yes, I would hope God that he gets at least twice that many, uh, just to keep a positive progression going. But I am nervous. Uh, my other co-host from the Ball Blast podcast really talked me off a ledge with hits a little bit. So Marcus Mariota is not a touchdown thrower so much. He just, he's never 
done very well in that category. I mm-hmm. think his maximum was like 25, 27 in one year, and it's never been better than that. So yeah, Kyle Pitts should still get more. But if if you're going to have him competing with Kelsey, he's going to have to get close to double digits. And I right. don't see that happen. Yeah. Okay. So top five, you would say? I'd still be comfortable with top five because who the okay. hell else, you know, is going right. to be in that discussion. No, so, and that's yeah. fair. So that that's fair. I just I was just kind of gauging the waters here and, you know, seeing where you're at. So, yeah, I think top five is reasonable. And obviously the ceiling is tight end two on the season. I don't think he could supplant Kelsey this year, barring injury or something to Kelsey uh, or that offense just totally taking a huge step back. But uh, but, yeah, I think ceiling's tight end two. Definitely. If he gets those touchdowns and is hyper targeted. But, yeah, I think top five is a fairly safe bet. And his ADP, I think, is right around there. I think it's right around tight end five mm-hmm. right now. So at that point, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Because him and George Kittle are like the big toss-ups to me. Both could be amazing. Both could kind of stink. <laughs> and neither would surprise me that much. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The one guy I really can't peg, and then we can move on from the Falcons, I'd probably. Because <laughs> there's just not a lot. But I don't know what to do with Drake London. I want to believe in the rookie. But I'm just not inspired, given the situation surrounding him. Do you have any proclivities, dare I say? I, I for redraft this year, I mean, if I were going to take a shot on him, it would be super late in my draft or pick him up off the waiver wire. I think he could be one of those wide receivers in the second half of the season that kind of starts to come on and he might be usable. But I, I just I don't see it early in the season. Just just for all the reasons we've talked about with the quarterbacks and uh, probably Pitts being hyper hyper targeted. So yeah, Drake London, I don't no interest early on, and probably where he's being drafted, I probably won't draft him just because I don't want him sitting on my bench for eight weeks and then me cutting him, and then another week later he finally goes off and is useful in the offense. So he's uh, wide receiver forty right now. That's three that's spots way ahead of high. Russell Gage. Way right? too you high. You have Gage. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, that that is stupid. I would not. Uh, not be one that I there. one that I have to give you here because this will really put it to the test. Drake London going back to back with Robert Woods. Who would you rather give, have? Give Bobby Trees. Even with the potential for a slow start off of the injury, you'd rather take Robert Woods. Yes, yeah. Robert Woods has done it. Uh, he's going to be the wide receiver one on his team. I, I just. Yeah, he he. Well, he writes. If you're saying definitively above Traylon Burks, who is dealing with his own mm-hmm. injury issues, I secretly think maybe the the real top target on the team is Austin Hooper. But we don't Which have to talk well about be. that now. Uh, but I was just curious, you know, because Drake. I don't know. A lot of these rookie wide receivers are giving me fits right now, mm-hmm. not in a good way. So I was just curious. Yeah, one last. Let's let's talk one last thing here uh, for the okay. Falcons. Just quickly, um, Corderell Patterson, is he going to be the lead back? They drafted Tyler Algier, which I know some people think has some potential, at least Mm -hmm. this year to pop off. Uh, Maybe not a long-term solution, but it may be this year. And then, as we said, they brought in Damian Williams, who has, again, shown in fits that he can play and has flashed. So, Or is it just Corderell Patterson? They brought in these other guys just for depth pieces. I don't think it's anybody. I remember we talked so much last season about start Cordero Patterson until he fails you, basically. Like, mm-hmm. cause you just had to. He was doing so well. And then he failed you, started failing you towards the end of the season. And 
it's, it's, I don't think it's going to get better from there, given the offensive surrounding, given that he's another year older for his position, even as the hybrid position is still pretty mm -hmm. old. I, it's not going to get better. So if you want him as a dart throw, fine, take him as a dart throw, but don't expect him to be a lead back type. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on then to the Panthers. Do it fucking panthers I, I don't know why i have so much vitriol for them right now but i just i just do all right so notable losses amir abdullah the abdullah train left the station and alex erickson i know not really notable but they were the most notable of losses on their team and the additions baker mayfield and richard higgins and in the draft took a quarterback in the third with matt corral so obviously we need to start with the quarterback position here yeah baker coming in presumably going to be the starter. Can't imagine that they're going to be starting Sam Darnold. I'm guessing he's a, either a trade target or gets cut before the season starts. Um, I don't know. Just a feeling. And then they're not going to be starting the rookie again. Third round pick. We, you know, if they had that much uh, confidence in him, they wanted to trade it for Baker, even though they basically yeah. got Baker for a ham sandwich. But uh, that being said, realistically, one Baker upgrade as far as the quarterback room go and two, how does he, how does he fit in this offense and affect the uh, fantasy production of the uh, other offensive weapons? He's 100% an upgrade for whatever they had at the quarterbacks. I'm, I'm sorry, Sam Darnold and people that think that Sam Darnold is better than, than Baker Mayfield. I've seen that floated out there along mm -hmm. a popular NFL media today. I, I don't get it. I don't know what you're imbibing uh, to get to that point. Baker Mayfield is an upgrade for everybody except for CMC because CMC isn't going to be upgraded by a quarterback. I just don't think he is. I don't think it matters. It's just he is what he is. Everybody else, though, should benefit in some small way. The thing with DJ Moore is he should benefit, hopefully, with touchdowns, more touchdown hopefully. opportunities with Baker. That's I, I think that's the only place I see him benefiting because he's always gotten the targets and he's kind of become that like Jarvis Landry 2.0 of I'm just going to absorb all of these targets. I'm going to be really good with them, um, but I'm not, I'm not going to score that much. So if we can get yeah. him touchdowns, then like, Oh, right. that'd be terrific. I don't know. Oh, History so. says he's only going to score four touchdowns though. That's the max. That's the max that they allow him to it's do. The min, Once it's he the gets max. To four, it's like, it's four. That's it. Once he gets to four, one of those doctors is coming in with a syringe and they're going to make sure he's out for the rest of the season because he can't get above that number and they don't want to chance it. So they're going to borrow whoever uh, Tarod Taylor's doctor was <laughs> to come in and fix that shit. But I think Robbie Anderson, I don't want to say this out loud. Okay. Understand I'm prefacing this. I don't want to be the guy to say this. But you're going Robbie to be Anderson the guy to say it. Probably got like a little bit of an upgrade with Baker. I'm not, yeah. I'm not drafting him. I'm not in on him. He got uh, an upgrade. That does nothing okay. for me. Okay. I'm just I, saying, it can, I, would I, you I, rather I, have, apropos of nothing else, not actual point scored, would you rather have Robbie Anderson with Sam Darnold or Robbie Anderson with Baker Mayfield? I guess Baker, but there you go. It doesn't do it's anything for me. Okay, yeah. but it's an upgrade. It is. I agree. I, I think Baker is an upgrade for this team. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to say. I want to say this is one of the more talented teams he's been on, but that's just not true because he was on a very talented offense, at least for the Browns. But maybe now uh, he's in a more pass-heavy offense this year. I don't know. I know CMC's coming back. Great runner, great pass catcher. I it, It's hard to say. I, I guess Baker will be a low-end QB2 at best. 
I don't know. I'm not expecting the world out of him. Although I do think CMC and DJ Moore are going to be fine. They're still going to get theirs. I mean, they're going to have to score points in this division just with how terrible all the defenses are, save for the Bucks. But all the offenses, you know, should score points. So uh, at least with the divisional games, it should be shootouts and not really defensive matchups. So I mean, there, yeah, there, there's opportunity point. for for points to be put up in yards for the team. I just won't. I won't take Baker in a one quarterback league. Like I won't even get that desperate. Probably even in our weird redraft league, where you know people stash multiple quarterbacks in a one QB league because we only mm-hmm. have so many. We have a finite amount of waiver wire picks, and people stash for that reason. I, I wouldn't even do that. And this is a good, I'll, I'll put a pin in this, uh, who would you rather for after our next team? Mm-hmm. But I really do think that there's a bunch of these guys going at the tail end of drafts that are better than Baker this year. Right. I, I would probably agree with you there. Okay. So, um, as Dame in the chat says, Tommy Tremble, eh? Eh? What do you think of Tommy Tremble, Jake? I am a believer. I I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be top five tight end. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But I That's love the I skill heard. set. I love the skill set. I think he could be a top 12 tight end for you this season. I, I I think he's ready to take that next step. This is third year. It's the third year breakout. And you've got DJ Moore. You've got CMC. And you've got no one else to throw to on that team. Uh, why, Terrace why Marshall would like to have a word with you. You're not a Terrace Marshall truther then, very clearly. Uh, not he a truther, but him, I mean, but... he didn't really do much though this last season either. I know he's a rookie, but even as a rookie with limited... A rookie with a complete desecration of quarterbacks sitting back there. Like, there was nobody worthwhile. And yeah, DJ Moore ate because it's DJ Moore. But You know, know what they man. say. You, you know how the saying goes. I don't. Talent. If you're talented, you'll get the targets. I don't think that's a saying. I think you just made that up. No, go go ask Peter Howard. Okay. Right. Maybe he doesn't well, say Peter it. has a lot of sayings. Maybe, maybe he doesn't say it in quite that way, but that that's the essential gist of it is that talented players, they, they get the volume. Uh, and if we didn't see volume last season or even an uptick as the season went on, I don't know. Maybe he's not a thing that everyone thinks he wants to be. Yeah, well, what was the reasoning for Tommy Tremble then getting 35 targets last year? And I th- I think that was his rookie season, actually, technically, was last year. But like you say, there's nobody else there to compete with. And we uh, we always talk about this thing of quarter bad quarterbacks kind of check down to their mm-hmm. tight ends a lot more or their running backs a lot more, which, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But like there was nothing but opportunity last year. I guess you can just argue that he was a rookie. There you go. That's my All that's right. my argument. <laughs> but I, but I, I think are it, earned run. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do think he could be a top 12 tight end. And I know not saying that that's a, a pretty low bar here in our world. But if he's usable week to week or most weeks and can be a, you know, reliable starting tight end for you. If you want to trade for him in Dynasty, you probably don't even have to trade. If you want to pick him up off waivers in Dynasty, I am all for that to see what happens. I am out entirely on ever having him on my team in this year's 
uh, sees it unless, like, week six, he's thrown up, I don't know, some decent production. I'll well, spend what, a fab on him. I'll use I, a waiver wire selection. I can't wait to throw this back in your face. Come. Do you want to make season. a beer bet out of this, Dustin? You are brimming with confidence. No, I'm just I'm just going to just throw it back at you, though, when Tommy Trimble has his blow-up game week one and be like, hey, oh. remember this? Remember what we talked about, how you said he's dead? Dead? D-E-D dead? No, yeah. he's not. Yeah. So you don't, you, you're confident, but not confident enough for that beer bet. You will, I would give all you right. top 15. Oh, I'll take that all day. Top 15. Let's easy. lock it in. I'll put it on the, I'll put it on the sheet. Yeah. Yeah. I, easy. I'm out. Okay. Oh, easy. All right. Which Fuck, I realize that, I probably dug my own like grave stealing. because it doesn't take anything for, <laughs> that just feels like stealing. I, I feel like I'm just, I'm just dumping beer down your throat now because you have to chug a beer. I mean, that's just we're not in a white snake video, dude. Come on, let's be. Well, let's I just have mean some just, class about it. I, it just seems it just seems like an easy W for me here, and right. I can't believe you just double down year after year on making tight end bets, even though you know you're awful at at. Evaluating tight ends. One of these days, it's going to hit, and it's going to feel so good. And I'm pretty sure this is the year. Uh, no. I do. We even bother with the same minimum bullshit. We still doing that? I don't yeah. care. All right, all right. Points well, for game. Yes, <laughs> points for game. I mean, so come ridiculous. on. Oh, we're just going to say top 15 overall, and you don't care about anything else? No. That's how little I think about Tommy Trump. Okay. All right. To, to each your own. To each your own. So, all right, um, and, we'll revisit it. All right, and then let's uh, end this conversation with one of the few highlights of the team, and that is CMC. Do we see him finally get back to health this year after being banged up the last few years? And if so, do you expect the Panthers to keep him at his pre-injury workload? Or do you see them, you know, getting some of these other running backs that they have? Chuba Hubbard, um, uh, who's the other guy they just brought in? Uh, my mind's drawn a blank. My mind's telling me no. No? Okay. No. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, they 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 just oh uh they they just brought in someone Deonta else. Foreman. Yes, Deonta Foreman. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, do you see either of them taking some of the workload off of him? I know Deonta Foreman looks good last year when he played. Did, but so so what are you? I guess what are your feelings overall with CMC and, and his workload? I don't have any uh, predictions for his health. I'm I'm just I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not, not going to predict not whether he's going to be healthy. Not a doctor. I'm not going to predict that. But what is nice, at least, is that we have some frame of reference for last year when he was coming off of an injury. And we saw how they handled him last year before the injury, which I guess is good. So in the first three games, he was pacing out for 17 rushing attempts per game, six targets per game. He was very, very healthily involved. However, then he got hurt week four. So my speculation on the matter is they won't run him the way that they did those first three games again. Because, yeah, why do, why do that? We saw how it worked last year. Mm -hmm. It didn't work very well. But then, you know, I look at what they did after he came back last year in the back half of the season. And he played like another five games and then he got hurt again. Remember, it was this on again, off again yep. thing. But then in those games, it's not as if he suffered that much because he still got six targets per game, averaged 12 rushing attempts per game. I'm less concerned about the rushing attempts than I am the targets. If they're mm -hmm. going to keep force-feeding him targets, that's all I want out of CMC. Oh, absolutely. So then I don't care as much about his usage. If you take away some of his usage, if you limit him a little bit, he's going to be incredibly efficient. He might make up for it in efficiency. I'm not, I'm not worried in any facet. 
Well, even if he gets 85% of the touches that he did, he's still going to be a RB1 easy and probably top five. Let's be honest. I mean, because sure. he was putting up, I mean, you know, when he was healthy a couple of years ago, it was like 32 points a game or some shit. Like it was incredible. Like he was, it was stupid how many points he was putting up and how efficient he was. So mm-hmm. even if you're getting 18 points a game, like that's still really good. Like that's still going to be a top RB for you. So I think regardless, I mean, I, I think it'd be smart for the Panthers not to force feed him the ball as much and get some of these other guys uh, to spell him a bit more because he's one of your best offensive weapons and it does you no good to have him injured and beat up the entire season. Sure. I'm still drafting him as my RB2. I'll just say that. RB2 overall? Yeah. I have yeah. no issues with that. Absolutely. Oh, yes. If <laughs> if there was a way to get Christian McCaffrey as my running back, too, on my team, well, I, just... I would give up so many things for that. But, yes, I, literally right after Jonathan Taylor, it's CMC. Yeah, uh, same here. Um, I am I am all in. I think he's going to come back healthy, and we're going to see essentially CMC of old. Even if it is reduced workload, you're still going to see it super hyper-efficient and nothing to worry about there. His floor is Austin Eckler. If you can give me a guy whose floor is Austin <laughs> right. Eckler and ceiling is running back one, I'm taking him. All right, and now let's round out the division here with the Saints. They lost Trevor Simeon, Ty Montgomery, and Kenny Stills. They brought in Jarvis Landry and Andy Dalton. And in the draft, the only fantasy-relevant player they had was Chris Olave in the first round. So I want to start with another player that's missed a lot of time over the last couple of years, and that is Michael Thomas. Do you see him returning to form? Because last time we saw him play, he was the wide receiver one. Broke broke the the league uh, record for targets and receptions in a season. Uh, Was just incredible. And then now he's been out, injuries, amongst other things, I'm guessing, you know, didn't like the coaching staff. I don't know. Well, I'm just making stuff up here. Let, let's potential drama. Potential. Yes, alleged. Potential. Yes. Yes. So uh, he basically hasn't played for two seasons now. Do you, What are your expectations for Michael Thomas? I don't have any. I have not a one expectation for Michael Thomas. And that is me trying to avoid the thing. It's just. What, I don't know. I don't know what is in that dude's cabeza right now. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know if he's going to return. I don't know if it's a Will Fuller, ouch, my finger hurts. I'm going to be out for the rest of the year thing. It could be any of that. Or he could come back to 2020 version of himself for those few games he played, as you mentioned, where he was still crushing it. Yeah, that could happen. I think that's the version that's less likely, though. I think mm-hmm. expecting return to form, even if he does play the entire season, is a little bit foolish, only because... The Saints have never had competition for him. They've just never had real competition. Jared Cook was his biggest competition for a spell where he was a tight end. You know, otherwise it's been these guys like Tricon Smith. It's been Deontay Harris. It's been Marquez Callaway. And if you like any of those guys, I'm sorry, but they just aren't real competition compared to Chris Olave, who I do like a lot as a rookie coming in. I also really like Jarvis Landry for what Jarvis Landry does on the football field. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant, but him and Michael Thomas do eat into each other's roles a little bit. So I would slow my role about Michael Thomas and expecting something big this year. Yeah, I am expecting maybe a ceiling to be a mid-range wide receiver, too, at a ceiling. I think that's um, fair. It's I just, still very, very useful. It's useful. Uh, I just... Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to feel about him either, but I just, I mean, we we saw, we know he has the talent. I just, when someone's out for two years, it's kind of hard just to 
bet on them returning to any sort of form, especially early in the season. Like maybe by the second half of the year, we'll see him starting to get back to form and start, you know, commanding all those targets and really being in game shape. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I just, I don't know how to feel about him. And I probably am just going to not draft him this year unless he falls ridiculous in the draft or if he comes to the point where it's like, well, the risk is worth the reward here. I mean, you know, so. Do you want to play the ADP game with them here and just really sure. give yourself a headache? Yeah, we let's can do, do it. that. All let's right, do so it. Let's let's do it, man. Yeah, let's I'm excited. So Michael Thomas is going uh, in full PPR drafts right now. Oh, this is this is kind of gross. Uh, Michael Thomas is wide receiver 29. That feels really high for me. Or is that right to you? Twenty-nine. Yeah, he's wide receiver twenty-nine. So he is sandwiched between Adam Thielen and Allen Robinson right now. Which I would take both of them over him. Same. But I don't feel like that ADP is bad though. If we just set his ceilings a mid wide receiver two, so he can get a ten spot bump, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I guess that's not. I mean, it, it's not that he's. I don't think he's overpriced uh, necessarily. Like I think it's fair ADP. But I think there's probably guys I just would personally want around him, like like you just said, with Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen. I would take both of them over him in a heartbeat. Here's a big one that's been out in the Twitter sphere for a little bit. Michael Thomas or Gabriel Davis? Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think I actually would side with you on that one. I, I'm not a Gabe, one... Dave, Gabe Davis big believer. Same. Uh, best ball, yes. Best ball, yeah. best ball, would lo- I love him on my team. But for uh, redraft this year, no. How about one more, and then we'll move on. Juju Smith-Schuster or Michael Thomas? Oh, that's kind of a push. I mean... Because you don't know who the guy is in Casey? Yeah, I mean, and the only time we... I mean, I I guess if I had to choose one, I would probably do Michael Thomas, because I think his ceiling's a bit higher. The only time we've seen Juju really do well is when he had Antonio Brown across from him. Well, I think that's a little bit overstated, but I, I... See what you're saying? That's obviously his peak, right? He, oh, and, and, and I'm not he saying has Travis that. Kelsey on the team now. True. Yeah, you know, well, I wasn't saying that we were expecting, uh, you know, him to be a wide receiver one because, yeah, you know, that year he was because you know Antonio Brown was there, and I'm not saying that. Well, Kelsey's there, so he's going to be a wider. You know, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, you know, if we're looking for ceiling play, I just I think Michael Thomas has a higher ceiling that's than right. than Juju. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I think I think logically I should go for Michael Thomas. I still lean towards Juju Smith-Schuster a bit because of the unknown. And like, what if it's a mirage that MVS is having this good offseason? And Juju mm-hmm. is really the guy that is benefiting from it. Like, I would rather take that offensive piece as the wide receiver one in Kansas City, I think, than the wide receiver one in New Orleans right now. I don't know. It's tough. It is. It is. That's probably the toughest one there. Um all right, moving on. Famous Jameis. Yeah. Is he going to be starting the season, do you think? Because uh, he had that late injury. Uh, I'm assuming he's on track to play, but do we see him coming back and starting the season? And then, if so, realistically, what's his ceiling? I mean, not not anywhere near a quarterback one, I wouldn't guess. Okay, so I just can't. I'm sorry to keep bringing up my uh, podcast mistresses, but we just talked about this on last night when we recorded Ball Blast with Jameis. And I need to be talked off a ledge with Jameis. I really do, because I want so badly to invest in him again this year. Because I think he can be a fringe quarterback one oh. pretty easily this year. If everything is, if everything goes to plan, 
if Michael Thomas does come back, and we love Michael Thomas for his ceiling, and if Chris Olave is as good of a rookie receiver as I think that he is, and Jarvis Landry is a great complimentary football piece, and Alvin Kamara is not suspended at all, and he plays the entire season, like all of this adds up really well for Jameis. They have a new coaching staff there, which is the big question mark. Maybe mm-hmm. that will untether him a little bit. You know, last year we saw like a very restrained version of Jameis Winston, which is still, it's good for football, but it's less good for fantasy football. Well, we so got a new coaching the staff team. there now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that very well could be. So maybe they loosen it up a little bit. I don't know. And he's allowed to be a, a, a middle ground between old Jameis and last year Jameis, where he's right. allowed to maybe throw it a little bit more than normal. And all of a sudden, like, if all that happens, quarterback 12 is his floor to me. But Ooh. that's Ooh. asking a lot to go right. That so is. I do need to be talked off the ledge with him a little bit. I mean, I don't, I, I could see the argument where he sneaks into the top 12 or be that fringe quarterback 12, quarterback 13. Like, I see mm-hmm. a world where that could happen. A competitive division. Realistically, though, I just I don't see that happening. I just yeah. a lot of things would have to break right, as you said. Like, like I, I think a lot of things would have to break right for that to realistically happen. Uh, is he someone that maybe you have on your bench as a quarterback too that you can spot play on certain weeks and kind of play matchups, or if you punt the position a little bit and say go for like a Kirk Cousins or. Uh, maybe a Trevor Lawrence or something, you know, you totally punt quarterback and, and you're going that late round QB strategy and you get, like I said, one of those two guys and then have Jameis as your second quarterback um, to kind of stream the the, the weeks then and, and pick your poison. Mm-hmm. That I could see. I mean, he he would be a very solid quarterback too, I, I feel like, or your squad. But He's like a guaranteed him... top six quarterback when he plays the Falcons. So it's like take right. him for those two games. And be but really but I mean, this, I, like I said, I could see him squeaking into the top 12 if everything breaks right. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the ceiling would be higher than that. And like I said, everything would have to go right. Well, let's so let's shift away a little bit. And this uh, we just got a comment in the chat that's that's perfect for this. So we talked about Evan Kamara. So six-game suspension seems like it's on the table. I've seen a lot of reports from people who are more in the legal expertise saying that this could get pushed out to 2023 and there would be no suspension for Alvin Kamara in 2022. So Mm -hmm. if that's the case, obviously, we still love Alvin Kamara and he is a crazy value in drafts right now. Mm -hmm. I'm getting him in best ball in the fourth round. Sometimes he slips to the fifth. It's insane. It's crazy. So, but... If he doesn't play, then that comes who is behind him. So Mark Ingram's still there. I mean, he's like 34 years old, but he is still there. He's the Frank Gore of this team. Fantasy in frames. Yeah. Yeah, Asking, what do you think about grabbing Mark Ingram? He's currently RB54, according to Fantasy Pros. I mean, if Kamara's suspended and we actually get something before the season starts, yeah, I think think he is a viable fill-in for those six weeks or four weeks, however long the suspension is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to have him, I don't know, as just the backup on the squad where Kamara's going to get the bulk of the carries and, and the receptions and everything, I just don't know if he'd be worth it. I mean, at, at running back 54, I mean, you're not spending high draft capital on him whatsoever. You could probably pick him up the last couple rounds of your draft. But I just, I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone there to to have him on your squad as a backup running back. Yeah, I like what you're saying there because 
it's not that obviously his draft capital is anything to worry about, but what's mm-hmm. your upside with drafting a guy like that that late? Am I drafting somebody who can fill in for me and be a borderline flex play some weeks? Great, but that's not why I'm taking those guys at the end of my draft. I'd rather take a Tyler Algier from the Falcons to see if he mm-hmm. turns into anything. I'd rather take a Tyler Batty from uh, the Baltimore Ravens to see if he turns in. There's so many guys that just have a lot more upside. So I'm pretty much out there. I was trying yep. to get a decent set of splits for, uh, you know, Ingram playing even without Alvin Kamara. And they just, they don't really exist. And they're not even going to be relevant because he's so old. <laughs> He's so old, and they now have a lot more uh, decent pass-catching compliments on that team. Where, like, whatever utility he had in those games, meager as it was, I think is even less now because he has – there's real options to throw to on that team now, so Mm -hmm. you don't even need him. Yeah. So that really answered the last question I had on the show sheet there uh, about Kamara uh, being suspended. Obviously, I think Ingram would be the guy to draft, but – I don't think Kamara is going to get suspended. I've heard the same thing, Jake, um, where it sounds like suspension couldn't happen at all, whether it's pushed off a year or just doesn't happen. So, um, so yeah, I think Kamara is safer this season at least, and it's not worth drafting anybody out of that backfield. Again, something changes, totally different story. If he's suspended for six games, yeah, Mark Ingram instantly jumps up the board uh, and, and is worth starting for six weeks. I'd rather in that situation, even I think I'd rather take a shot like they have an undrafted free agent, Abram Smith, that joined the team. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot, some some hype coming for him lately because he really did crush uh, the last couple of years in college. And he just had some difficulties kind of learning the position because um, it wasn't his natural position. But like, I do think that, again, go for upside in those situations. Yes. I don't want the Frank Gore type for me in the last round. It's no disrespect to these guys That's who right. are fantastic football players, but for fantasy, that doesn't do me any good. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So that about wraps it up, Jake. Do you have any last thoughts here about the NFC South before we sign off for the evening? Uh, Rob Gronkowski is coming back, and he's going to be a top five tight end. <laughs> nice. Um, I, you know, just as an aside, I do think Ron probably does come back. I think he's saying he's retiring just so he doesn't have to go through training camp and everything. He'll come in, you know, if the, especially if the Bucks are just steam plowing through the division, the uh, he'll come back like halfway through the season or God forbid, if like Cameron break gets hurt or something like Gronk, we, we can use you. He'll be like, okay, I'll come back. You know, like, I think he it's a situation that, like that. He said he won't come back. Even if Tom asked, I call bullshit on that. I, call I, I bullshit think that is that just too. a prime. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to take this as seriously as possible for the next yep. month and a half. And then come yep. back and be the savior of the team. That would be classic I rock. Concur. So he's the ideal last round pick in like best ball, especially right now, if you're mm-hmm. into that sort of thing, like he's on draft. Nobody is touching him because of this. Take him in every last round of your draft. Yep. I agree. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we have the NFC North finishing off the Divisional Breakdown Series. Uh, obviously, saving our hometown Packers for last. Uh, it'll be a great show. Uh, come join us for that Tuesday. Same time, same place. You know where to find us. And if you don't, I'll tell you. We're on YouTube. Find, just type into the search bar, Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. We'll pop up, hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications. It'll alert you when we go live every single week. Uh, if you don't want to find us there, fine, be that way. Uh, but find us wherever you can find your podcasts. Uh, we're on pretty much every platform that's out there now. And 
hit us up with your drunk trades or any fantasy related question at drinking fantasy on Twitter. We are here for you. Uh, if you want to reach out and touch one of us uh, individually, you can hit my co-host here, Jake at Jake Trowbridge, or you can hit me up at FF dusty dog. And yes, please, please, please give us drunk trades. We love them. It's the highlight of our show every week. Uh, not to uh, say anything negative against any of the guests we could have on, uh, but we do love our drunk trades. So uh, yeah, send those over uh, like subscribe, rate the podcast review, all those fun things. And until next week, folks keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers. FFers. Shut, 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 shut.